0: Hey guys, it's Liz, and you are listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, where we give people the chance to write a letter to their younger selves in hopes that we can learn a little bit from their lives. Hey guys, welcome to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, and we are here today with Sophie Smekins. She is 21 and going to be a senior at the Hart School of Theater in Connecticut, and she Went to Huntington North. What year did you graduate? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. I have known Sophie since she was in like eighth seventh grade or seventh or eighth grade when she dressed up as a Disney character every Friday <laughs> in middle school. And so every God. day every,
1: You're every right. day for nine weeks. Every, <laughs>
0: Man, I will never forget. That's the first time that I met Sophie's when she was dressing up as Disney characters as a middle schooler. And I was like, I'm going to like this girl. What a first impression. He <laughs> is a stone cold weirdo and I love <laughs> everything about it. And so, uh, yeah, Sophie's majoring in musical theater and currently a barista at Starbucks. Oop, oop, oop. Yeah, which is great. And we love Sophie. And Walking through life with Sophie throughout high school and even now is when she comes back from school, we try to hang out and, and meet and chat. It has been so cool to watch Sophie grow into the person she is today and just continue to become the person that really God created her to be and all of that. And so, so if I know that your journey in high school and even in college, it's been a, a journey of maybe shifting some of your priorities around and friends and people are so important to you. Mm-hmm. And learning about how maybe we can't have them in the top spot in our lives all the time. Yeah, I know that Sophie and I have had many conversations about that. Being both twos on the enneagram, <laughs> yes, it's very easy for us to put people in in the top spot. And so, Sophie, share a little bit about your journey through all of that.
1: So, like Liz said, I'm a two on the enneagram. So I care a lot about. People and I care a lot about people knowing that I care and them caring that I care. <laughs> Amen, girl. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, being the f- best friend I can be for a really long time was the most important thing to me. That if I, my friends knew that I was there for them always, I was doing everything I needed to do. That was how I was living for Jesus, which isn't a bad thing on the surface, mm-hmm. but I was worshiping being a friend. I was thinking that I was living these worshipful friendships, these God-centered friendships, but I was centering friendships on looking more like Jesus or being someone who was showing all this love to people when Mm -hmm. it wasn't actually something that I was pulling from the Lord. It was something that I was using as like the two's core sin of pride. Mm -hmm. Like to advance your own image and all of that. and to make myself feel like like they needed me. I feel like I have felt before that like if I was not a resource for my friends, then they wouldn't really need me around. And there have been things that have happened in the past that have proved that right. Mm-hmm. It's not like I've had like a bunch of things that have been like, that's not true. Because I've had multiple friendships where once they found someone... That, when they were out of their hard patch and they needed someone more fun than I... They were kind of over me. They, I didn't like stop being friends with them all together. But it was kind of like when we moved past it because the hard time was over. And so they didn't need a friend like me anymore. Yeah. Um, which when I was worshiping friendship was like devastating That's blows. a dagger to the heart. Yeah. So when I would have friends who would have other close friends and I it really was not jealousy that I was I truly wasn't jealous I was just heartbroken that Mm. I I have ruined my heart for all these people and they are loving me as much as they're loving other people but I feel like I'm loving them with like 110% of my being I'm loving six people with 110% of my being so actually this journal that I wrote my notes in for this podcast is a journal that I received from campus life when I was in high school I remember giving those journals yes I think I was a senior or a junior, but yeah. that means if, I don't know. It was 2016 because I wrote 2016 in it, okay. and um, I if I have like four pages left. It's been four years. I'm not a consistent journaler, but I am almost <laughs> done with it. But I remember in October of 2016, I wrote something that then forever made me embarrassed. That if I left this journal somewhere on the first page, oh. someone was going to see this, which is what I wrote about a time in my life when I felt like I was nothing was wrong, but everything was wrong. And I now know it was because friendships that I was making my putting my entire energy into seemed like they weren't going where I wanted them to go. Yeah. And so what I wrote, this is very emo. Get ready to be so (laughs) vulnerable. It's like this is classic high school girl, but also like it was very real. That's just the wording is yeah. Everything is fine. Nothing is wrong. It's okay. I'm okay. Take a breath. It's no big deal. It's not my fault. I can't change it now, so why worry? Stop thinking about it. Tell the only people it helps to tell. But why does it help to tell them they can't do anything? Why is it that they are the only people who it feels better to tell? It's stupid. But you don't want to be a burden either, so unless they ask, just figure it out yourself. Just hum or sing, because for some reason it's like talking to them, just for a moment. But humming is annoying and it ticks people off. It's attention-seeking. So we'll see, I guess. I'll try and figure something out. But I'm worried. But it's fine. I'm fine. I'm joyful. No one did anything, nothing to make me upset. So it's all good. It's great. I'll be fine. Hmm. Do you remember writing that? Yeah. And I remember writing it and then realizing this was the first page of the notebook. And I was like, I can't leave this anywhere. Yeah. Because (laughs) it's so, well, it seems so dramatic. But Mm -hmm. then also, I was so afraid that the people I wrote it about would find it and be like this girl's crazy or something because I cared so much about so many of my friendships and that I was like if I was putting this much energy into it that like it and if they weren't putting that energy to it and they found this that it would be like I can't handle this kind of thing and Mm -hmm. or if they found out that I was struggling that they would not come to me for help yeah which is a big Part of what makes it hard for me to be vulnerable is if I share that I'm going through a hard time, then someone might think that I'm not able to help them in their hard moments because I'm already dealing with something else, mm-hmm. which is obviously not how I feel when people come to me. Yes. But also pride. <laughs> <And> how, <laughs> so I, I, that is, those are intertwined together for sure. But yeah. yeah. So I was in high school just so focused on my friendships being like the most important thing yeah so I put my all into being my best for the best friend I could for people in a really dangerous way mm-hmm. I was staying up every night I was setting an alarm for every 10 minutes and I would wake up and make sure don't texted me and said are you awake or I need you and sometimes they would. And then I was like, this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. And then I was there for them and I would call them and we would talk for hours and I would just be there for them. And that made me feel so needed and it made me feel like I was being a good friend to them, which in th- not really in theory, but sort of. In your head, you thought you were In my head, a I was friend. like, I am such a good friend. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is great. This is the, how I want everyone to love me. But obviously that was a lot of energy to put into a friendship. So yes. then when I didn't receive that kind of thing back or even anything like that because I was so extreme, I was just felt so stupid. I felt like I was just look like reading into friendships that weren't really there. And these mm-hmm. people that I thought were like my best friends, I was like, they don't even care about me like I care about them like I the energy that I put into their friendships are so much more than like what I put into anything else in my life and I feel like I'm just like another friend to them but I don't care because I want to love them more Mm -hmm.
0: but so I'll never tell them yeah maybe I can love them enough so that they'll love me back yeah
1: if if it's if I prove to them that I am loving them harder than I ever could I love other people then maybe they will also be like oh yeah Sophie, I should love her really hard, too. yeah. and so I was doing this with so many friendships, and it was just so exhausting and I that's part part of why I couldn't figure out what was wrong because I was like, all I'm doing is loving people. Mm-hmm. but I wasn't I was I wasn't loving well. I was loving hard, yeah, and it looked like I was loving well to on the outside, but I was and it looked like I was centering God in all these friendships because we talked about God so much, but I wasn't talking to God. Yeah. I was talking about him. All the time, like all through high school, I was always talking about Jesus and I was like connected in like fellowship with Jesus and I would like read my Bible and I love singing worship music and things like that. But I was not actively seeking a personal relationship with Jesus because part of what made these relationships so special is that we grew in our faith together. Mm -hmm. It was almost like you unconsciously, you were
0: putting yourself as God to people.
1: Yeah. Like I was like the 2017 Jesus yeah, or something like that, right? which is it's terrible. Like mm-hmm. that's not how, we're not supposed to be our, like like our like off-brand Jesus or whatever. Yeah. Like that's not the goal. But that was kind of what I felt. I think it, I felt like I was supposed to do that. I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to be mm-hmm. boastful or anything like that. And I was, Honestly, like I was also very conscious about being super humble. So like I would never tell people that I was setting these alarms and I would never tell people that I I used to cuz I live a half hour away from my high school. I used to every day after school sit in the Walmart parking lot in my car and text people to see if they needed to go get coffee or wanted to hang out and I would sit in the parking lot for an hour to wait for someone to see if someone responded. And if they didn't, I would go home. And if they did, then I was in town and I would be hanging out with them and stuff like that. And it wasn't like I like It was just like, I wanted to make sure that they felt like they were being reached out to. Mm -hmm. And that is just not, it it seemed all spontaneous, but I was like planning all of this because it was the most important thing to me. Yeah. I mean, just, you wasted so much time sitting in the Walmart parking lot, just waiting for people. I was in the Walmart parking lot every day or the bank parking lot (laughs) if I needed to get money for my voice lessons. (laughs) But I was always just waiting around for the moment to be the best friend I could And I wasn't looking to God on how to be that kind of friend. Mm -hmm. I was looking to Christian media, partially, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was, like, being a bad Christian friend. I was doing, like, all the right things that I was seeing in, like, movies and, like, like, even, like, things we talked about in campus life I was doing, but I was not – Doing them because I looked to God for them. I was doing them because someone was like, if you do this, you're going to look like a good good Christian friend. I was Mm -hmm. like, score. That's what I've been looking for. That's what I'll do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And then I'm like sending people all these worship songs and stuff. But it's like I wasn't. It's not like I heard this song and truly was like, I heard this song and God put all my heart to send it to you. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm looking for songs to send to people because I know that they're going through a hard time. And I want them to have this to look just to like be able to listen to. Mm -hmm. And I want them to think of me and think of how good of yeah. a friend I am yeah. for sending that to them. And that makes me feel awful. Like that makes me feel like a that makes me feel like a terrible friend. Mm. Like I because I was putting so much into friendships that like I, I was I could I would do anything. Yeah. Like they they I they would tell me to do anything and I would do it. They could bash me in front of all of my other friends, but I wouldn't say anything because I was afraid that me saying that they were being really mean to me was mm-hmm. gonna make them it wasn't worth it for them anymore yeah but then I was also manipulating them in being pretending I was spontaneously this great friend when Mm -hmm. it was actually the only thing I thought about all the time (laughs) yeah I remember sitting
0: at uh, one of our local coffee shops with you and you were telling me some of these things that you were doing Like setting your alarm for ten every 10 minutes and you were telling me about some of these things and I was just sitting there being like, Sophie, but then you were like, and I'm so tired and I don't know why. And I'm like, Sophie, this is why you're tired. You are investing so much into something that is not worth investing that much into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's and you were so confused why you were so exhausted. Yeah, I was emotionally and physically exhausted because I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't, I was putting so much into something that I wasn't getting what I expected out yeah. of it. And it was just like a down, like a letdown every day mm-hmm. kind of thing. So what was what was maybe the
0: breaking point? So you're just maintaining all of this. Mm-hmm. You did this for a long time. Yeah. So what was
1: some of your breaking points were the turning points for you. So a, really the the big big one was I moved to Connecticut. It my to go to college and uh, when I got to Connecticut and I was church hopping, really, I didn't hop. I went to one church and then now that's my home church. <laughs> um, but uh, my pastor, Bill Lamori, happened to share a statistic that day that was West Hartford, Connecticut, is the seventh least Bible-minded city in America. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. Yeah. I came from this community in rural Indiana where basically everyone was a Christian. If you weren't a Christian, you were in the minority. Mm-hmm. And... All of my communities were faith-based, even if they weren't, like, when I was in choir, we still prayed before we performed, even though, like, it was a public school and it was choir. It It wasn't a Christian group, and I was in Campus Life and youth group, and it was the biggest part of who I was, and it still is, but I then was in this community where not only was the area not a very Christian community, I was also in a theater department, and a really big reason why I went into theater is because there are very few examples of people who love like Jesus and who are living for Jesus in the theater world because yeah. so many people in that community feel like Christians hate them. Still mm-hmm. um, so, judged and not, totally. not cared for and loved by, exactly. by Christians. Exactly. So not only was there were there not really Christians around, it was not really something that people talked about because mm-hmm. most people were like, I hate Christians. <laughs> yeah. like, Christians are the worst. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. Um. But Were you
0: weren't you afraid to like have your Bible open and read, be reading it around? people? Yeah. One for, time like, I you went, felt
1: intimidated. Yeah. Like one time, the part of the reason why I decided to go into theater was I was at this theater camp when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life when I was in high school, and I was reading my Bible on my bed just because like it's something that I do. Yeah. And these, this girl walked by and was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm just reading." And she's like, "But what are you reading?" And I was like, "I'm reading my Bible." And she's like, "Are you a Christian?" And I was like, "Yes." And she was like. Oh my gosh! And then they everyone starts coming in my room, and they're like, "I'm gay. Are you still my friend?" I was like, "Yes." I, they were like, "Do you think I'm going to hell?" And I was like, uh, th- "I don't. That's not my call, girl. I don't think you are. I don't know what you're talking about." Um, but it's yeah, like I totally felt like people were like really shocked then when I was making these friends at school, and I was not a Christian who was telling them they were doing everything wrong and judging them, and I was able to start building this whole new community where my purpose was. Completely different and so much more God-focused. Yeah. And it was that I was in this community where I was the only person who knew Jesus, and that meant that I had to really get to know Him really well. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to be talking about Jesus to people who don't know Him, I better know Him pretty darn well. Because otherwise, who what what are they going to know? You know, like it's what if someone misses out on Jesus because I don't know Him well enough? And so then I really went into this time, where I'm still in it right now, really of like study where i'm really passionate about studying the word and finding out what jesus wants me to do and how he wants me to speak and how he wants me to live for him and not how american christian media wants me to live for him because Mm -hmm. it's it's just so they're not always on the same page you know so or
0: even how your old self wanted to live for him too that
1: That that pride that
0: still creeps in, even though mm-hmm. like we know about it now, and even though you're aware of it, mm-hmm. it's still there. You can't just yeah. snap your fingers and make that go away. <laughs> That'd be nice, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> uh, so ev- even that of like you know, constantly working to not put yourself in that place mm-hmm. of complete exhaustion anymore. Either. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like I've gotten to a place now because I've been focusing so much more on learning more about Jesus and getting to know him more as if he, like like he's my best friend, like knowing him, like all the ways that I try to invest in all of these friendships, investing in him in those ways, and then the way that I'm learning with him and loving with him naturally goes into a way that's so that I love other people. And I used to like feel like I had to like have uh, like something on my person that was like this girl's a Christian. Like mm. I feel like I used to feel like I had to like wear a cross necklace or like have like a little tattoo of like an ichthus or something like yeah. that in order <laughs> to like be like people know that this girl's a Christian. But that is not obviously true. And like that I if I know Jesus so well that he is a part of my whole being and he is what I am pouring all this energy and passion into then that's what people are going to notice and they're going to notice not that I'm a good friend because I'm really trying but that I'm a good friend because there's something different about me yeah and that is Jesus yeah I love
0: that last thing that you just said because it's so true once we stop trying and focusing on the friendships or whatever our focuses are and when we shift that focus to Jesus Everything else that we've been striving for is now going to flow from that. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be so much more seamless because Jesus is doing it and not ourselves. Right? Right. And we're not hustling anymore. And we're not setting our alarms every 10 minutes and we're Gosh. not like feeling anxious about whether this person likes me or not, or mm-hmm. whether I'm gonna they're gonna drop me because I'm a bad friend,
1: or we're just focusing on Jesus. Yeah. It's something that I don't even worry about anymore. Like it's And I really just think that's because I was worshiping friendship so much. And now friendship is just an opportunity to love. It's not the reason I love. And it's not the only option to love. But it's Mm -hmm. an opportunity for me to just be in fellowship with people. And so I really don't have those kinds of fears anymore. That like if I say one wrong thing, our friendship is over. And that I'm trusting that my friends know me well enough and i know them well enough that if they need me they will tell me Mm -hmm. or if they need me i'll just know i don't need to set all these alarms to double check that they need me if they need me then i'll know partially because if this relationship is something that i truly am looking to god about how to live in then he's not going to let me not notice Mm -hmm. he's like if i'm not figuring out that they need me and they're not telling me god's gonna smack me in the face with it somehow yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna find out that God's going to help me be the kind of friend that he knows that they need yeah not the friend that i need them to need me to be mm-hmm. but the friend that they need because god has placed us in each other's lives for some reason yeah and i love it that you talked about how it has made you more confident
0: mm-hmm. too like you are m- much more of a confident person now because you know where your identity is and it's not in something that changes all the time. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we all have friends that change like yeah. constantly friends come and they go and they're great for the season that you have them. And sometimes you have friends that are for your lifetime, mm-hmm. but more than more often than not, your friends are going to be the ones that you have for a season and mm-hmm. then they move away or you change jobs or you change schools and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And So placing your identity in something that is constantly changing is so hard for your Mm self-confidence and for learning who you really are. And so when you have your foundation in God who never changes, that just creates so much more strength from within to to stand firm in who you are and to love the person that he made you to be.
1: Exactly. And if... My identity, my identity was not only in friendships, but my identity in Christ was in community. Yeah. The like because I grew so much as a Christian while I was in campus life, and it was so important for me, and I'm so grateful for it. But I don't think I would have flourished if I went to a Christian school mm. because I was so invested in the community aspect that I didn't spend as much one-on-one time with God that wasn't about other people. Like, yeah. When I was with God alone, it was about how can I live for you in the world with other people not Mm -hmm. what what is in my heart that i need to work on to be closer to you and so being basically alone in my faith at school and just being having to spend my own time in the word and looking into that myself and having no one to like there's no like Campus Life all-in theme for me Mm -hmm. to like focus on in the year. (laughs) I I can tell you the Campus Life theme. You can focus on those. Yeah, maybe text me (laughs) that. Um, But that there was nothing guiding my study, that it was just, God, what do you need me? What do you need me to open my eyes to today? Because he's not shutting my eyes. I need to open them. So what do I need to look for Mm -hmm. today? Because it's it's a me thing it's not a him thing
0: (laughs) so you were you were just so outward focused that you neglected any sort of inward Mm -hmm. introspection to let god clean the stuff up in your own heart yeah you know like most of your prayer like i I feel this too because girl i get it (laughs) like i've there's been times in my life where I think back and I'm like, almost all my prayers were about other people. And I spent zero time asking God to search my heart and reveal things in me that need that need changed.
1: If I was praying about myself, it was please give me the words (laughs) to comfort these people or to guide these people. Yeah. I was not praying for like, and if I was praying, it was just like, God, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. If it was like about me and it was because I was not listening to what he was telling me when it was because sometimes like when people begin to pull away it's because they're not it's not a god-centered relationship or it's not something that god is thinks is perfect for us right now it might be a wonderful faith-filled friendship but that that's not what we need in this moment yeah
0: so attending a school that is not a christian school in Mm a
1: place that what was this this, statistic The seventh least Bible-minded city in America. Yeah, the
0: seventh least Bible-minded city in America. You have to have a lot of conversations about Jesus with your friends that you've never really had to have in Huntington Mm -hmm. and you never have really had to have besides going to school. So what has maybe been some of the the things that you've found have really helped you through having those conversations with people?
1: Yeah, Um, part of it is that... I don't think that we can start where we started. Mm -hmm. We started in Sunday school learning stories and learning history and things like that, which is all very important and it is important to get to that. But for someone who has lived a whole life Mm -hmm. without that, what's the point of this historical story, cool story? Like that's not, yeah. What? how is that going to change anybody's life, change anybody's mind even? Because they can like just say that I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something, yeah. like, Right. I wasn't there and that doesn't matter to me. And I think that a lot of it is just, honestly, it comes up, like my faith comes up probably at least once a week. And it's something that comes up because I'm mentioning something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I'm mentioning that um, like something about like my worship band at church and then someone's like by the way and then they ask a question Mm -hmm. about my faith and a lot of it is like are you seriously never gonna blah 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 or like are you really gonna wait until marriage to have sex are you really gonna like all these like things that they're like these stereotypes or these rules that they've heard and that then we have these conversations about and so a lot of it um i'm learning is not that I need to like have the whole Bible memorized and be able to like quote first and second Samuel and tell them the story of David and all Mm -hmm. these, you know what I mean? Like that's great story. It's great. But like, it's not, they're not going to, yeah, that's not going to be like a starting point for someone. And so just being so passionate about it is something that like makes it hard to not talk about, but it Mm -hmm. also makes it something that people don't get annoyed when I talk about it because I'm, I try to be really conscious that I'm just, Sharing my experience Mm -hmm. and that me sharing my experience makes people want to talk more than if I tell them what their experience needs to be. Yeah. For a while, I have been realizing that comedy has been a great tactic, like not tactic, but opportunity for me to bring up God. So I told this story like my freshman year of high school or freshman year of college that my friends thought was hilarious. And I was like, okay, where I was telling about how, like, in the movie God's Not Dead, at Mm -hmm. the end, it says, get out your phone and text all your friends and say God's not dead yeah and I was saying about how I had this one friend from high school whose mom like texts me like once every three months and she's like God's not dead and I'm like I know I appreciate (laughs) you telling me this but I do know like thank you (laughs) thank you I was like this means this woman is watching this movie (laughs) at least four times a year (laughs) which is hilarious um but I so then whenever like something really awesome would happen or even something like I ask if they're out of blueberry muffins. And they're like, no, we have one more. I'm like, oh, this is proof that God is not dead and he Mm -hmm. is working in our lives. And people are like, "Ah, that's so funny. But then it was a door for like conversation. They're like, what do you mean God's not dead? And then I wasn't like, well, after three days, all this stuff. But I was just able to talk about, um, or I'm able to like say like, well, part of the whole Christian faith is that uh, Jesus was on earth and he died and then rose again. And then like, I've been learning a lot that like, the terminology that we use is not just in everyone's common vernacular, like he died and rose again. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? If yeah. you are not a Christian, then like, or like the cross, like people say like Jesus died on the cross. And one of my friends, I'm so glad that she's asked me this. She was like, what do you mean he died on the cross? What is the cross? And yeah. I was like, she was like, I know what it looks like because like everyone wears it all the time. But she was like, but what does that mean? And I was like, oh my gosh you're like let's go we keep yeah i was like we are always saying like jesus died on the cross for your sins but most of those words are not words that people have coming out of their mouth if they don't know jesus Mm -hmm. jesus crossed sins not regular words we call that (laughs) christianese i've
0: never (laughs) heard that before in campus life we talk a lot about like when i coach leaders Mm -hmm. and everything like that we talk about how we shouldn't use those terms Mm -hmm. because it makes people feel like they don't know anything makes them feel stupid so don't speak christianese speak like language that explains things and doesn't leave people sitting there thinking like well, I'm kind of dumb, so I don't know anything. Yeah,
1: or that like these words don't mean anything outside of Christianity because like we can say cross on me, but if like it's just like a word that Christians get to say, then like that doesn't mean anything to anyone. So just like being really real about what my faith means to me and that like honestly like one of the biggest talking points has been would you date someone who wasn't a Christian? And I'm like, maybe I would like go. I would like go on a date with someone who wasn't a Christian, and mm-hmm. like, like a first date or something like that. But I would never be in a relationship with someone who wasn't a Christian. And they were like, that's crazy. Why not? And I'm like, it is the most important part of my being, and there, it's. I, I hope and I try to make it part of every single decision that I make. So yeah. if this massive part of my life is not something that I share with my partner, then they're never going to understand any of the decisions I make. They're never going to be able to be there for me in the way that I need them to. If I'm in a dark spot, then they're not going to be able to give me the words that I need to yeah. know that God is with me.
0: Yeah. And when you're in a
1: relationship with someone, you want to be
0: a team. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be on a team with someone who isn't, not, who isn't heading in the same direction as you.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have the same end goal as me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So during all of this, when you were having these big realizations and all of that, did you have some verses or a song? Or I know you had all of those things because <laughs> you love music and you love your Bible. So, what are some things that helped you get through all of that?
1: Yeah, I was actually really conscious um, when I was in a really hard place to not just have a song. That there were like songs that were like really helpful, but I was like, I don't, I can't go from worshiping friendship to worshiping worship. 'Cause yeah. that is that would be such a like a breaking point yeah. if I this thing that was like so like important to me was something that then I also idolized that. Yeah. So I definitely had like really awesome songs that I listened to, but I really tried to focus more on like the word and I really found Paul's letters were are an awesome place to go mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're looking for yeah but yeah. i find that paul's letters it's like he's literally it's like at the beginning he goes dear sophie mm-hmm. and he starts talking to me and i love how casual they are like literally yeah. at the end he's like say hi to these guys for me yeah. or something like that or like sorry i'm running late like uh-huh. it's crazy <laughs> i'm also reading the message translation which makes it seem <laughs> even, even very, more very casual layman's terms yeah but i love i i've loved reading paul's letters i feel like there's just so much to get from them because he's telling us exactly when jesus as what he thinks that jesus needs us to do yeah and it's in a post jesus world Mm -hmm. too which i think is a lot really helpful too because like jesus changed the game so Mm -hmm. like the old testament is so important and so valuable but like when you're really looking for how jesus calls us to live we've got to make sure we're looking in the post jesus world yeah Um, So, in that time of study, I found in Galatians 4, I don't have a verse number because I have a message Bible and it doesn't have verses. It's it's a bummer. But um, in the end of Galatians 4, there's a verse that says, But now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. So it was like I was reading these letters and it was like, you're doing the right thing. You feeling like it's just you and me right now mm-hmm. is you're going on to the next phase, which yeah. is what, where I'm really going to start being able to use you to mm-hmm. further my kingdom. Which was just like really reassuring that it wasn't like I was losing all these communities that were the most important thing to me and that I was just never going to have a community ever again and that I was never going to feel how I did in community because now I feel so much more connected to God directly and that I feel like I just know him so much better and that I still do have community but I have such diverse community and people who don't really know Jesus. People who've known Jesus for a really long time. Most of the people who go to my church that I'm friends with that are like 10 years older than me. Yeah. So, like, we're like friends, but they're like a little bit of my mentor, but they always forget that I'm 21. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's this really neat relationship. And then I have these friends that I did have these friendships that I was dangerously invested in that I'm still friends with now and I catch up with, you know, once a year and we still are able to have really interesting and important conversations about our faith as people who are my age and yeah. in a similar place in our faith journey. So that verse was really helpful for me and I have just loved being able to spend more time in the work. I've also recently read... Matthew 22, um, in the message translation, Matthew 22 is like, love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. In the message translation says, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Hmm. And those word changes were like really big for me. And it's really funny that this is a verse that you asked me to use a verse that I used in that moment, but I'm still in you know, like we're still in this progression of this moment. I yeah. found this, I texted you about this first like a month ago. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like no, we were talking about this wasn't it. even that long ago, but that things we were passionate about, at least for me, I'm mm. really passionate about things that I know about. So like I'm really passionate about um climate change and so that's because i know a lot i've learned a lot about the environment and about our impact on it and the more i learn the more passionate i am i'm really passionate about like racial justice and that's because i'm learning more about i'm really passionate about theater and the arts because it's something that i spent so much time learning about i'm not really passionate about um plants Mm -hmm. because i like, though I'm passionate about the environment, I don't want to take care of plants, and it's not something I research. So, like, okay, yeah. they're cool, but, like, I don't take enough time to learn about them that I, I don't going to take care of them. Yeah, you're not going to talk about plants all the time. No, but I, so then I can't expect to be passionate about Jesus in the same way that I was when I was in community, and we were talking about it all the time, if I'm not investing my intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I have, if I, especially if I'm not talking about it all the time in community, I have to be spending more time learning in yeah. order to have passion for it yes. so that's definitely something that I wish I would have been able to find out sooner that just because you're not passionate right now doesn't mean that it's not going to come but it does mean that it's your job to bring it back yeah
0: so now I'm going to have you read a letter to your younger self
1: okay dear younger me you are worth so much more than you think You love hard, but you don't need to give people your whole being to love them well. Are these relationships worshipping God, or are you worshipping the relationships? No matter how many friends come and go, you are not alone. You won't get this yet, but Jesus can truly be your best friend. Start talking to him more than you talk about him. His is the only relationship where you will always get more than you give. Seek him first. Seek him in private. Share him in public. Know that someday soon, you will no longer fear losing community, but you will take such joy in being closer to Jesus than you ever imagined possible. Love me.
0: Hmm. How was writing that and thinking about all
1: this? It was, I had a hard time not feeling like annoyed at Mm. myself that I was like, this is not hard to get, Sophie. Like It took me so long to just do what I thought I was already doing mm-hmm. and that I thought I was like spending so much time with God, but that I was spending time around God with other people. And so I'm so, it made me just disappointed for my past self and disappointed for my past relationships that I didn't get this then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was really weird writing to my past self and trying to give myself advice that I didn't know then. Mm-hmm. And not be like you're dumb or something like that <laughs> I really stop doing to be, everything you're doing I really wanted to be like you are being really stupid right now <laughs> don't keep
0: doing that um but you had to have compassion for yourself even now doing that so when you do find yourself you know I mean none of us are exempt from falling back into some mm-hmm. of our old habits or some of our old thinking and so when we find ourselves doing that instead of beating ourselves up and being like oh, i'm so dumb why did i do that i i'm no better being like you know what i'm going to pick myself up mm-hmm. and i'm going to learn and i'm going to give this to jesus yeah.
1: yeah so let's go this is a long game yeah like, talking about this now is proof that I have grown from where I was because I would have never had the guts to talk about the points where I was a bad friend mm-hmm. when I know that people who I was this friend to could very well listen to this podcast yeah. and that probably will. Mm-hmm. And that fear of them not being my friend anymore is not something that I worry about because I know that the points that we are in in our friendship is not one where make or break yeah. is going to come from a podcast episode mm-hmm. or from me being vulnerable and me now knowing that being true with myself to other people is something that makes people want to be your friend even more.
0: Yeah. Confidence attracts people. Yeah. And so when you have confidence in yourself and in your relationships, it attracts even more people mm-hmm. and in friendships. So, yeah, so sitting here right now, thinking about students that are currently in school or really anybody, we have people from all over the place listening to this Mm -hmm. and um, people that are in this same position that want to be a good friend or even that are in a position where they're in a spot where not a lot of people are Christians Mm -hmm. and you could speak on so many things, but what is some advice that you have for people that have been in similar spots to you?
1: Yeah. I think I have two separate pieces of advice. One for people who are, Placing community on a pedestal and one for people who feel like they don't have a community. Okay. For the community pedestal people, I would say take a hard look at your relationships and take a hard look at your vocabulary. And is the phrase God centered something that you realized because of the way that you are living these relationships or is it a word that you have heard mm-hmm. and you strive for? Yeah. And are you living to know Jesus more through these friendships Mm -hmm. or are you living to be the best second place Jesus you can be Mm. because even though we want to live like Jesus we're not supposed to be Jesus part two yeah um and then I would say to people who feel like they don't have community that it really sucks and it's really scary and sometimes it lasts a really long time Mm. but that this is such a great opportunity if we can recognize it that jesus is saying you're not ready for people yet we need to get closer together and then we can bring other people in because mm-hmm. we have to work from the inside out and if you're with other people i know that you're not going to be able to handle that yeah. so sometimes not having community means that it's just we there. there's so much more for us to learn about god and we're mm-hmm. never done learning so we could keep losing community forever and i guess we'll just keep learning
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just like we were talking about friends community Mm -hmm. they come and go depending on where you're where you live your interests and some of those kind of things and you know just where god has you at that moment and so having them as part of your foundation is kind of a dangerous place to be Mm -hmm. and by having god as part of it yeah and do i love it that you talked about like Sometimes God wants us to wait because he wants us to work from the inside Mm -hmm. out and he knows we
1: won't do it when we have people around us. Yeah, especially us twos when we care so much about making sure other people feel loved and noticed that we will invest our energy in that instead Mm -hmm. of in ourselves. Yeah.
0: Sophie, it has been so fun sitting down and talking to you and just hearing about your life and hearing about your passion. You you really are loving Jesus with your passions right now. Mm -hmm. And it is it shows in what you do. It shows in your heart. And you have been put in a really special position where God has shaped you to be the perfect person for some people to see Jesus for the first time through you. And um, I know it feels like a lot of pressure, (laughs) but you are in such a great position for that. And God has equipped your heart for that exact thing. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited to see what God's gonna do through you. Me too. (laughs) Continually (laughs) over and over again. And so, man, Sophie, you're an awesome woman, and I am so proud of you. (laughs) And I love watching you grow up and be the person you are today. And I can't wait to see you on like Broadway someday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. Playing the mom character. Yes, that's my track. That's your track. I'll have to wait 20 years to make it, but we're doing it. Everyone at home, thank you so much for listening to Dear Younger Me. Love me. I hope through listening to Sophie's story, you can learn a little bit more about yourself. You learned a lot about Sophie and even more about Jesus today. Make sure you go on and you like our podcast on Spotify and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. Leave us a review, share it with your friends, spread the word, and go out and love yourself a little bit more today. Thank you.